Hey, of all the things you got going on today, thank you for including us in your day. Welcome to The Quest. It's always great to be together, especially if you happen to be checking us out. And before we get into the talk today, how about if we just open up with a word of prayer? Father, we love you and thank you for all of your goodness in our lives. The goodness that we recognize as well as the goodness that we don't even recognize. The goodness that surprises us. The goodness that is there even though we might be distracted and busy and with our minds and our attention on other things. Father, thank you for stepping in and thank you for being with us, giving us the strength that we need and answering the prayers of our lives. And today we just come to you with the anxieties that we carry. You, you know what they are. Father, I ask that each person, as they release those anxieties to you, that we would cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. Father, today I just ask you to speak into our lives I ask that you would give us faith. And Father, I ask that this would just be a great reminder of your love for us and the life that you designed us to live. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we are in a great series, a series that we've titled Simply Ask. And the issue with this series is we all have questions. And the tagline on the series is, your questions matter because all of our questions matter. The problem is, you know, we, we have questions. A lot of times we don't pursue the answers. We don't seek out the truth. And so those questions turn into doubts and they limit our faith and they limit our growth and they limit even our perspective of God. Something that we've said in this series is this, the church should be a safe place to ask questions, to address our questions, because when we ask these questions, we're growing, we're developing, we're discovering God. Something else that we've mentioned is this, that the church should be a place that celebrates our pursuit of the truth. Not where you feel shamed or not when you feel like, oh, my questions are going to be dumb, but the pursuit of truth should be like the drive of the church. The church should celebrate that. And something else you might want to write this down is this. The pursuit of truth is an expression of wisdom. Seeking the truth, our desire for the truth, reflects our intelligence, if you can believe that. Asking questions is essential to our understanding. It's foolish to go through life carrying these questions because either we're afraid to ask or we have no desire to learn. Proverbs 18.2 says it this way. It says, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. In other words, if fools have no desire for understanding, then they don't care about learning. We want to be wise in this. A, a few scriptures later after this one we just read says it this way. Wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insights. See, when we refuse to ask questions, it's not just that we continue to carry the questions. What we continue to do is carry the issues with us because we're not growing and we're not learning. As we've said last week, your questions matter to God because your understanding matters to God. So the question we want to look at today is how do I de-stress my life? This is a, a great question. This is an important question because this is something that all of us deal with. In fact, I want to just encourage you to do something right now. I want to encourage you to breathe in. Just take a deep breath in. Hold it for a minute. Well, not a minute. Now let it go. Let's do that again. And let's let it go. Studies show that that kind of an exercise, deep breathing, deals with our stress. It reduces the stress that we carry. According to Barna Research, about 60% of Americans carry substantial amount of stress every single day. 
Think about that. The most affluent society in the world is the most worry-filled society in the world. And the reason is, is because our sinful nature defaults to fear rather than to faith. And that fear creates stress. I mean, there we're talking about real things. Your child has the wrong friends, maybe. You don't know how you're going to pay the bills. Maybe you have health concerns that you're dealing with. You have job stress. Plus, you have the big things like terrorism, the war threats that are going on in our world, racism, division in our country, price of eggs that we all have to deal with. Those are big things. Those are fearful things that cause stress. And something you might want to write down is this. What we worry about most shows where we trust God least. I know that's not really a popular statement, but man, it's so true. The things that we tend to worry about most are the areas of our lives where we trust God the least. We need to allow our worries to be indicators that show us where we need to trust God more. Because it's not until we deal with that fear and faith issue that we will resolve or deal with our stress issue. I mentioned this scripture in the opening. 1 Peter 5 says that this way it says, Cast all your anxiety, not some of it, all of it, on Him because He cares for you. Just remember that the worries of your life create the stress in your life. And as Christ followers, I think it's important to realize this. You can write it down. If you're constantly stressed, you're carrying something that's not yours. You're carrying something that's not yours to carry. You're carrying something that God wants to carry. You're worrying about something that belongs to God. And what we're carrying is something that is too heavy for us to carry. And it interferes with the peace that God gives. Jesus said that is Matthew 11. He said, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. Listen, if you're weighed down right now, you're carrying something that you need to give to God. He wants to take it from you. He wants to work on your behalf. So what are some sources to the stress that we have in our lives? Well, one of them is this, I mean, unmet expectations. You work really hard for a promotion that passes you by, or maybe life just is full of disappointments and you're not at the place in your life that you hoped you would be. Disappointments can create stress. Another source of stress is this, unreliable relationships. People tend to stab you in the back. They abandon you. Maybe someone has passed away in your life and you have not experienced the healing to the hurt that you're carrying. Another source of stress can be uncontrollable circumstances, which we all have. Circumstances are uncontrollable. Change is a part of life and it's not always change for the better. And when we're forced to change, that can cause stress. Another source of stress is this, unmanaged time. Maybe you have so many things to do, but you don't have enough time. Maybe you have too many things to do and you can't get everything done. The demands at work, demands with your kid's schedule, household responsibilities, shopping needs to be done. Sometimes there's just not enough time. Stress can also result from this unfocused life. I think it's a big one. An unfocused life takes us in so many different directions because an unfocused life creates a distracted life. And there are too many important things going on. In fact, what happens is we tend to avoid important things for urgent things. And then we're constantly playing catch up. One last source of stress can be this unknown future. Again, this is another big one. We can be fearful of what the future holds, the unknown of what's coming. Will we have enough? 
Will we be safe? Will we make it through a difficult season that we're going through? I don't know which of these you might be dealing with. It might be all of them. I certainly hope not. One of the major issues with stress, though, is if we don't deal with it, we're going to live with it. And the longer that we live with it, the more damage stress does to us, to our bodies, to our emotional health, even our spiritual health. Jesus was exposed to great stress in his life and yet lived a stress-free life. In other words, he didn't carry stress. When you think about it, Jesus was constantly under attack, constantly scrutinized, misunderstood, lied about, lied to, always in the public eye and pulled in many different directions, always confronted with the needs of the people. Everybody wanted something from Jesus. Plus, you have the spiritual attack that he was constantly dealing with. And then the spiritual weight that he carried knowing that he was going to the cross. He also carried the weight of the sins of the world. Yet he never panicked and never lost his calm. So I want to look at four habits that Jesus had in his life that I believe helped him deal with the stress and to live a de-stressed life. And the first one is this. He simply, Jesus made time to, to be alone. The demands on Jesus' life were great. There were always cities to visit, religious leaders looking for him. The groups of people that followed him were many. Even in the down times, the disciples were always there. And yet Jesus made time to be alone. And Luke it records it this way. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The New Century Version says it this way. Jesus went to a lonely place, an isolated place. A place where he could be alone and by himself. You have to understand when Jesus is getting this time alone, that comes after a busy 24-hour period. The prior 24 hours to Jesus getting away by himself include things like he taught at huge crowds. He calls his 12 disciples. He drives out an unclean spirit. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then after sunset, when I'm sure he's looking forward to a downtime and, and a time to relax, and then at that time, all the people from the town came and brought the sick to him. The scripture literally says that the whole town was gathered at Jesus' doorstep. And that went on all night long. Here's what I'm saying. When the demands are great, it's important to make time to get alone, to be alone. Because when we're alone, you could write this down, we have to make time to unwind. Jesus made time to unwind. It doesn't just happen. Life will always press in. Life will always create demands. Even while Jesus was unwinding, it goes on to say this. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. The time that he spent with them was not enough. They wanted more of him. We need to schedule time. We need to make time to unwind and to get away from the things that drain us, the things that have demands upon us. In today's world, through your phone, people have constant access to you. So that means this you can write down, preventing stress requires healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries allow you to keep important things a priority in your life. Jesus set boundaries. They begged Jesus not to leave, but Jesus said this. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. That's Jesus saying no. And I don't know about you, but for me, saying no can be really hard sometimes. 
And sometimes you have to say no to good things to be able to say yes to essential things. And this isn't the only time. There are many times that Jesus makes time to be alone and get away. Luke 5.16 says this, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So here's the application step that you can write down. We need to schedule time to recharge. We need to schedule time and make time to be alone, to recharge, to withdraw from the demands of life for a short period of time. You have to examine your schedule. You have to establish your schedule. Psalm 119 says that this way, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Making time to be alone, making time to unwind, setting boundaries in our lives. It's turning our attention away from things that are draining us for a short period of time so that we can recharge. If you're going to schedule time to recharge, take a walk. Turn your phone off. Just allow yourself time to be alone. Find someone to watch the kids. Here's another habit that Jesus had, and that's this. Jesus invested time with the Father. Jesus invested time in his personal connection with the Father. Because investing time in the Father was going to recharge his battery. It was going to allow him to be refilled. We see this over and over again in Jesus' life. He doesn't just get away. He gets away to spend time with the Father. And while getting away alone allows us to unwind, you can write this down, we have to make time to recharge so that we can refocus. Time with God recharges us, it refills us, it re-energizes us. And I think most people don't have much to give others because we're running on empty. We're running on fumes. We don't invest time in refilling our tank. Another part of this is we go in so many different directions that we lose focus in life due to the distractions of life, due to the demands of life. And here's why this is so important. You can write this down. We always move towards what we focus on. If we're going to be moving towards the Father when He needs to be the focus of our lives, we need to be pursuing Him. We need to be investing time with Him. I tend to think this is the struggle for many people. It's why we deal with anger in our world. Is so many people were not focused on the wrong things. If you're focused on politics, it's not going to refill you. At least it doesn't me. It makes me angry. Jesus focused on the Father and His will for His life the purpose of his life, the purpose of him being sent. And Luke 6 records it this way. It says, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. Luke 9 says it this way. Jesus was praying in private. It was important to him to get away so that he could refocus on the Father, that he could spend time connecting with the Father, that it would recharge his battery because of all the demands of life. All of the things going on in life were sucking the energy out of him. So here's the application step for us, and that's this. We need to invest time every day with our Heavenly Father. Every single day. Not once a week, not once a month. Every single day we need to invest some time to reconnect with the Father. Talk to Him. Release your cares to Him. Let your worries then shape your prayers. Whatever it is that's weighing you down, give that to Him. Spend time in His Word letting Him speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit refill you and refocus you. Spending time with the Father reconnects us to what's important in our lives, what matters in our lives, and it deals and eliminates the distractions of our lives. Another habit that Jesus had that allowed Him to live a stress-free life was this. 
Jesus cultivated community. Just like the other habits, we have to be intentional about cultivating spiritual community. If you look at Jesus' life, you see a very intentional rhythm of being alone as well as being with others. It wasn't just that he spent time alone. He also balanced that with being spending time with others. We don't want to waste our lives alone and isolated. We want to invest our lives in people and into community. We want to be committed to people. Mark 3 says it this way, that Jesus appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Jesus didn't just call his disciples to do ministry. He called his disciples to do life with him. He called them to daily relationship with him. We need committed relationships. Jesus needed committed relationships. You know this, but we were created for relationship. Relationship with God first and also relationship with others. We need a community that we belong to. And we find that spiritual community at church as well as in connection groups. Like Jesus himself, it says this, that he, Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Not just once. He was committed to it. It was a custom. It was a commitment in his life. Hopefully you know this, I say it all the time, but we are cared for best by those that know us most. We are cared for best by those that we are committed to because we need people to care for us as well as we need to care for others. Experiencing love from others deals with the stress that we tend to carry. It deals with the stress that is generated from an isolated life. Before Jesus went to the cross, probably the most stressful time of his life, he spent time with those that he was committed to, those who he did life with, those who would pray with him. It's recorded in Matthew 26. It says this way, Then he, Jesus, said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Stay here and pray with me. Stay here and let's connect to the Father because I need His strength and I need you guys with me. Not only do we need committed relationships with others, we also need to commit ourselves to others. It deals with our selfish nature. It connects us to God's purpose for our lives. And God's purpose for our lives deals with our stress. So the application step is this. Commit yourself to others in a connection group. I know I say it all the time, so I'm not going to elaborate on it, but we need spiritual community. We need people that are going to pray with us, not just talk with us about the weather, not just talk with us about sports, not just talk with us about things going on in life. We need people that are going to grow with us and encourage us and pray with us. If you're not in a connection group, I again want to ask you and I want to encourage you find a connection group that you fit in. If you don't find a connection group at the Quest, maybe you can start one. Talk to me and we can get that ball rolling. We would love to start more connection groups. We need more connection groups. You want to de-stress your life? You need spiritual community in your life. One last habit that Jesus had in his life that distressed his life was this. Jesus lived an authentic life. Jesus was true to himself. He was genuine. He was real. 
Jesus didn't have a pride-driven life, but a humility-driven life. Matthew 20 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. Jesus never sought to impress people. He made his life about the will of the Father and the ministry to others. Jesus knew who he was, even though others didn't know who he was. He didn't have to prove himself to anyone. He was simply content to be himself. And Jesus also didn't try to be who others wanted him to be. Here's what Jesus said. He said this, Do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you're going to get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. Jesus didn't lord his position over others. He could have, but he didn't. He wasn't too good for others. I also don't believe that Jesus tried to be one of the boys and fit in. He didn't need people to like him. He didn't need to impress them. He was true to his calling. Stress can result when we live a pride-generated life, a life that is centered on us rather than God and God's purpose for us. So here's the application step, and it's this. Commit to being who God created you to be. God created you in the image of his son. He created you to serve others. He created you for a purpose. He created you to be like his son. Be that. Don't try to impress people. Don't try to fit into the world. Don't try to fit into the standards of the world. Don't try to fit into the values of this world. Don't try to belong to this world or the people of this world. Choose to belong to God. Choose to Embrace his identity for your life. Step into God's purpose for your life and serve others. Step into God's purpose and love others. Be who God created you to be. That can begin right now. We can make a commitment right now to be all that God wants us to be. We can reconnect with God. We can just get alone with God right here, right now. Listen, here's what happens. Stress develops in our lives when we take ownership and we try to control things that we don't need to be controlling. When we try to live a life that God never called us to live. When we try to live a standard that God never called us to live. When we're trying to accumulate things that God never called us to accumulate. Simply be who God created you to be. Live to please Him. Let Him refill your battery out of your connection with Him. You might be watching today and you don't have that connection. It's simple. Today you put your faith in Jesus and what He did on the cross for you, dying for your sins, and that He rose from the dead on your behalf. You put your faith in Jesus that you might not be good enough, but Jesus on the cross died for you. So when God looks at you, he sees the blood of his son. He what he recognizes is that the penalty of your sins has been forgiven. This, the penalty of your sins has been paid for by the blood of his son. And we commit ourselves and we commit our lives to a God-generated life. We commit ourselves to a Christ-generated life where we live God's purpose for us. That's all you have to talk to him and say, God, I want to live a life that pleases you and I want you to be at the center of my life. I don't want to carry the stress of my life. I want to live a stress-free life. I want you to be in charge. I want to be able to give to you 
the things that you want. I want my life to count for something, but not on this world standards. I don't want my life to be defined by the things of this world. I want my life to be defined by the Savior of my life who died for me on, my, on the cross. So let's pray together. Father, we love you and thank you for your love for us. Thank you for sending your son. And right now, those that are putting their faith in your son, those that are surrendering their hearts and their lives to you, Father, I ask that you would wash them clean, that you would forgive them, that you would breathe purpose and life into them, and that you would begin a life where they have no stress, but they have joy because you are carrying the demands of their lives. They don't live to please this world. They don't live to the standards of this world. They live to please you. And so I ask that you would just give them the strength that they need today and that you would remove the stress in their lives. For all of us, Father, I ask that you would take our lives and help us to make you the focus of our lives. Help us to get alone with you. Help us to reconnect with you, Father. Help us to invest in spiritual community. And Father, help us to be who you called us to be. Help us to be content with the person that you called us to be. Help us to live our lives for an audience of one, and that one is you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Spending time with God is a necessary discipline in our lives if we're going to live a stress-free life. And I want to just encourage you to make that a daily practice in your life. God knows that he doesn't want you to carry the stress of this world. He doesn't want you to carry stress in your life that's just going to shorten your life. He wants you to live a joy-filled life. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today and making us, again, part of your day. I'm praying that you have a stress-free day today, that you find God at the center of your focus, and that you find his strength to carry you. God's best to you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.